0: made to worship, and I will send you into exile beyond Babylon. Our fathers had the tent of witness in the wilderness, just as he who spoke to Moses directed him to make it, according to the pattern that he had seen. Our fathers in turn brought it in with Joshua when they dispossessed the nations that God drove out before our fathers. So it was until the days of David who found favor in the sight of God and asked to find a dwelling place for the God of Jacob. But it was Solomon who built the house for him. Yet the Most High does not dwell in houses made by hands, as the prophet says. Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Did not my hand make all these things? You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so did you. Which of the prophets did not your fathers persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered, you who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. And when they heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord, Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. And we'll keep going for about three more verses. And Saul approved of his execution.
1: And Lord, we thank you for your word. We pray for your help
0: through your Holy Spirit. We've read about the Holy Spirit twice in this passage already, and we know that the Holy Spirit is not confined to a certain period of time in the early days, but your Spirit is here uh, indwelling the lives of those who are your believers. And we pray that, that you, through your Spirit, would help us to interact
1: in a godly way with this text. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, I've been thinking,
0: kind of like trying to warn myself against this. I've been thinking about a character in the Chronicles of Narnia named Puddleglum. Puddleglum was a marsh wiggle. He kind of was described, in the way he was described, I could I could give you the name of the person I always think of when I read it, but that wouldn 't be nice to the person. he was a tall guy he was a uh, he was gloomy, and puddle glum was just kind of down on things. He was a faithful, godly character, he was true to the end, but his his uh, response when they were off on some mission, and I think he was in two or three of the books he wasn 't in the first couple and he wasn't i, I don 't know if he was in the last one or not, but he was in two or three of them. But his perspective was, well, it'll all end in tears, but I guess I'll go with you. And they knew they could count on him, but he was just kind of gloomy and predicting the gloom that would go along. And I'm thinking, that's my spirit these days. If I'm not careful, I'm going to be that way. Um, And as I read through Acts, and as I try and figure out what's going to happen in this place, in our country... um, Somebody said that uh, some Lewis scholar maybe was in a seminary class I took or I read it somewhere. They said, Lewis put Huddleglum in there as a tribute. He loved the Puritans, and he wanted the Puritans to be represented, and their way was losses and crosses, um, the, the hard journey, and there's something to be said for them. As the church reacts against that, what do we get? We get a message that's supposedly Christian, but there is no pain. There is no sin. There is no propitiation or wrath. There is no persecution. There's only good things. It's your best life. It's everything good here and then even good in heaven. And we know that that's not biblical. And so we read Acts, and the reason stories like this are in there. Are to give us an understanding of our fathers and mothers who started the first church, but it's also for us. And there are some applications we can take. So without taking the, the
1: entire depressing route, trying to be true to the text, there is something for us that we and understand from the text.
0: Um, A couple days ago, my reading, and I started, I'm doing the McShane deal this year. I hadn't done that for a few years. And I started about four or five days early. And there's this great plan, and it it sends it to me on email, and I can sit with a cup of coffee, and they've got a good reader, and I'm listening uh, through the ESV text uh, through McShane, Murray McShane's plan. And it was just uncanny. And if you're doing that this year and you started on January 1st, you'll be there maybe today or tomorrow. But there were four places in Scripture it took me to. And all four involved Christians having difficulty. Three of them, Christians in difficulty with the powers that be. One, difficulty within a family. So we had Esther. And here was a a government and an edict that went out to kill all of God's people. And God miraculously intervened out of nowhere to reveal the plan and to thwart the plan. And Esther was the agent that God had put there all along. Remember those famous words where she said, if I perish, I perish. And Mordecai, her uncle, said, maybe you were born for such a time as this. And there's a problem with the government that got resolved. Uh, The other one was Acts, or another one was Acts, where Paul is defending himself. He's on his way to Rome, and he's giving um, an account of how God saved him. And how did that end up? Well, we think temporarily freed, but the whole process started again, and he ended up losing his life. Went to a better place. We can really say that not as a cliche. We were talking yesterday uh, I'm of more value to God in heaven than here. God wants to leave me here. I want to do what I can, but boy, in heaven, I'll be doing exactly what I was created to do, which is praising the Lord and and, and saying how great God is and being an object of God's uh, grace there. And I'll be able to do it more perfectly than ever here because it won't be tainted. Paul went there, but it ended with his death. The other passage, uh, with the governing authorities, was Jesus and the lies that were told about him. And they finally found a couple people to talk about him um, saying he would destroy the temple, And, and so they were able to push through his execution. And here's three cases from three different places in the Bible where the powers that be were not favorable to God's people. In Jesus' case, he died, and it was a terrible crushing thing and yet it was the greatest thing ever for us, and he did his mission. And so, let that give us a perspective. You say, my problem's not, uh, my problem's not government and bosses and overseers and all that. My problem's within my family. Well, the last one was Isaac and, and his sons, Jacob and Esau, and, and all of that uh, kerfuffle there, and even that God was at work within the family. And you saw Isaac running away from, from Esau, but There was a reunion of brothers later on, and God worked his plan there. So understand, we don't flee, we don't ignore, we don't put our heads in the sand, we don't say there's not hard times uh, in the lives of Christians. But we also say God is involved. Everywhere you look in the Bible, you can see God's hand. It is God's story. You've heard this before, but my professor in seminary, church history guy, uh, he said this, and maybe it's trite, maybe it's uh, a cliche, but he said his story, history is his story, and the real history is the one that God is writing. Winners get to write the history, I hear people say sometimes. Well, who's the winner? We know the end of the book, and it's God's story unfolding. So if your issues are on a family level or your issues are fear of of, um, what may come here that's already in places around the world, for Christians, never fear. And so we can read a passage like this one and we can see about Stephen and we can say, God was there. That same God who was there is the God who's here.
1: So as we live in this world,
0: Fact: We live in the world and until we are taken out of it, we do have relationships to consider that help us to live up to our calling as Christians. And uh, this is a a story about and a sermon about relationship and interpersonal issues. We want to consider four of those. First of all, the relationship between the powers that be and God's prophets. Uh, there's a long history that Stephen recounted of the powers that be, the people that made the decisions, whether culturally or, in this case, he's talking to the religious leaders, the religious but non-believing leaders. How do they deal with God's prophets? He talked about Moses in the assembly. Moses, I think that the ESV says congregation. It's the assembly. It's talking in that passage in verse 38 about um, him coming with the law. He was the mediator. Do you remember the story? The people were afraid. God trusted Moses. Moses went up and he got the law to bring to the people. And this whole thing is about God giving, Moses giving God's word to the people. Congregation in the wilderness is, is is the phrase that's used in verse 38. He mediated between the people and the angel who spoke to him at Mount Sinai. Stephen is leading up to uh, the comparison between Jesus, who mediates. There's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, and he's talking about Moses as God's prophet, coming and mediating the word. God's words came from God's prophet, but how did they treat him? Verse 39, our fathers refused to obey him. They thrust him aside. Hearts turned to Egypt. Remember what you know about this and what we've been saying. Egypt is representative of the world in Scripture. Uh, we could say, if we want to look at ourselves and say our how would this apply to us? We would say, wow, does God send his word? And how do we treat his word, the bringers of his word? If that's a mom and a dad who are faithfully sharing the word and God's put them in a place of authority and spiritual authority and they're they're doing everything they can, like Moses, to bring that. And what a tragedy when there are people who Refuse to obey them, but thrust them aside, and in their hearts they just
1: go back to the world. Churches, elders who faithfully try, and people that grow up hearing and do this. And these powers that be, these ones that have Stephen on the ropes right now,
0: refusing. obey God's word, thrusting them aside and in their hearts returning to Egypt. He says you persecuted all the prophets. You don't want to hear the word of God. You can't get to God so you take it out on the prophets. What did they even do to Stephen? It says they stopped their ears and they yelled I'm not going to hear, I'm not going to
1: hear, I'm not going to hear, I'm not going to hear. I will not listen. closed. Your message is
0: going against popular culture and this wave that is sweeping the world and we will not hear you and maybe we will even kill you. What did he say in verse 51 and 52? You stiff-necked people uncircumcised in heart and ears. You're not open. Your ears aren't open. You always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you.
1: Which of the prophets did not your fathers persecute? What an indictment. Stiff-necked. God wants us to humble ourselves. There's a yoke. Easy, his burden is light, and we bow up.
0: You know, even <laughs> sometimes you give a little baby, and they they want something, and they don't want you to hold them. They want, be, and you know how they arch their back, and just he's saying, you guys are like that all your lives, especially when it's God trying to hold you and teach you and take care of you. You don't want God to do that. You stiffen up. You show your resistance, and he says. Just tell me which one of the prophets brought God's word that you did not kill. He's making the obvious point that their relationship with God is reflected in the way they treated God's prophets. And so the next relationship, this interpersonal relationship and these issues that we're going to talk about that the world has with God is, is this one, the relationship of the powers that be and God. And it was kind of neat to look at it, uh, kind of wonderful to look at it, and see uh, the Trinity is here. You say, where's the Trinity? That word's not in the Bible. The Trinity is everywhere in the Bible. And here, their interaction with each person of the Trinity, Stephen brings out in this sermon that he didn't get to finish till they killed him. God the Father. He says at the first opportunity, they made a counterfeit God. They made that golden calf. Somebody wrote this, and I read this and copied it down this week. When a person rejects divine leadership, the result is idol-making and idol-worshiping. When a person rejects divine, God's leadership, uh, we're made to to worship. We're made to have a God. It's almost become a cliché, and it's too bad, but uh it was it Pascal who said there's a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every person and we're looking to fill that thing and, and what we cram in there for our God. You reject God, you're going to make your golden calf and worship it because you've got to worship something. That's just how we're born. Every kid who grows up in a church and in a Christian family who rejects the God of their fathers and mothers, creates or latches onto a false god. In verse 43, he talks about um, worshiping the host of heaven. It was the stars. You took up the tent of Moloch and the star of your god Refan, the images that you made to worship. They were worshiping the stars. They looked at something in the sky that was bigger and more infinite than them. They didn't even have the, 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 the benefit of telescopes and things like that to see the grandeur, but they realize the greatness and grandeur of creation. Romans would tell us that uh, you're indicted by seeing the greatness of it and not letting that lead you to God. They stopped with the creation and they worshipped the stars. Molak was a star god. Refan was a star god. and, And there's a little history that people have written about what they are. We won't go in depth into that. But I thought, do we worship the stars today? Do we worship the stars today? And I'm like, well, we do, but a different kind of star. Rock stars, movie stars, politician personality stars. Uh, Our stars maybe not be the lights out there in the universe, but our stars who we follow, who we let influence us, who we care so much about their opinions and they, they think for us and they show disdain for something and then we'll disdain it too that's our stars I said movie stars rock stars, politicians, personality preachers, people who are famous for being famous and that seems to be what we tend in our flesh to want to worship They tell us how to vote, how to think, how to act, what to buy, who to cancel. God also in his word and through his spirit as we are in his word and praying and and nothing contrary to his word, but he also tells us those things. How to think, how to act, what to buy. And God even tells us who to cancel. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Have nothing to do with them. That woman's calling out to you in Proverbs and says, my husband is away. Come in, come in. Uh, Reject her. God tells us all those things too. It's just who are we going to listen to? It's not whether or not you're going to submit and worship something outside of yourselves. It is who is the object of your worship and submission. And the relationship with the powers that be and God the Father is one of rejecting and always wanting to substitute. Made with their own hands. They could have a say in who God is. How about God the Son? Verses 52 and 53. Which of the prophets did your, not your fathers persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. The righteous one that was foretold. All the other prophets you know, up the line in history were talking about the righteous one to come. Your, your ancestors killed him. Then the righteous one did come that they foretold. And you're, you guys are the ones that killed him. He's talking about Jesus, God the Son. The righteous one whom you have now betrayed and murdered. You who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. Relationship with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Verse 51,
1: you always resist the Holy Spirit. They might have said, hey, we are
0: religious people. Look at us. Our beef with Jesus was that he said he would destroy that temple. And that temple, look at the temple through history. And Stephen gave that. He said there was a tent of meeting. Then when David came along, he wanted a place of meeting. Then Solomon was the one who built that place. And now we have this temple. And they were hiding behind religion. And Stephen didn't deny them and say none of this was true, but he said, listen, that also is something made by human hands, even though the copy is after God. Moses saw the copy and saw what he was supposed to do, and God told him and he made it just like that, like he was supposed to. But it was still made with human hands. God is not locked into even
1: the temple, Stephen said. What would be a parallel? You're Stephen and you have to give a warning.
0: You might say, don't hide in your theology. Even if your theology is good, even if it's Reformed theology, which is the best, that's not going to save you. God is not locked into that. God gave us that. That helps us to see God but that's
1: not God. Boy, what a terrible thing to be a
0: seminary graduate or just be a student of theology and know the ins and outs of everything theological and to have it just right
1: and to hear from God on judgment day, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, I never knew you. Think about it. He said even the temple
0: replaced the one to whom the temple was supposed to point. The temple became the seat of power. And you took a good thing that was supposed to point to God and you made that your power because that's the center of the social. You like your grandpa and grandma Looking at you and saying, I'm going to get you a car. You come over here, you walk over here, you spend
1: time with us. We love all the time you're spending with us. We're going to get you a car. You're a good grandson or granddaughter. And then you say, Sorry, Grandpa and Grandma, I haven't seen you for a while. I've been busy washing
0: my car. I've been busy driving my car. I've been busy doing everything with my car. And all of a sudden, the thing that they gave to make it easier for you to come and have the fellowship and interact with them is the actual thing that that kept you from them.
1: And that was these guys. Boy, Paul knew his scriptures. They knew their Bibles.
0: Stephen could go in-depth with the Bible with them because they knew their Bibles, but the Bibles obviously did not save them, and their knowledge of the Bible did not save them and there's a relationship with God that they needed, and he's calling them to. Because their interpersonal
1: relationship issue with the God of the heavens was not right. What about God's prophet as he returned the relationship to the
0: powers that be? How about the prophets in their heart? We've seen what the the powers are and, and the cultural direction is toward the prophet. How about the
1: prophet? How did the prophets respond around them? God's prophets have a speak the truth in love relationship with the world.
0: Paul later on would say, speaking the truth in love, we, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Speaking the truth in love. Both have to be there. And the prophets came at the people to whom they were called and the leadership to whom they were called with both. They did not shirk from the truth. Moses told the truth. He brought them God's law. Here's the truth, guys. It's from God. It's the truth. The prophets told the truth. They announced the coming of the righteous one. Moses announced the coming of the righteous one. He said, from your brothers will come one uh, who will be uh, your, your prophet. Stephen told the truth. Sometimes the truth hurts. You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears. He wasn't just throwing some dumb insult at them. He wasn't just making up names to, to throw names at them because they were his enemies. He gave him a hard truth, but it was a
1: truth. Sometimes that truth hurts. But in God's people, when they're listening
0: to God, when they're reflecting God's heart toward their world, there's also
1: a love for the people. Didn't they call Jeremiah the weeping prophet? Wasn't there hurt as they
0: saw them? Didn't Paul, later on as a prophet, say, I I, I want to rip my heart out. I'd die. Possible I'd even take the the judgment for for my Jewish brothers and sisters. And didn't Stephen even hear when they came to kill him, say, Father, don't hold this sin against them. And even when they are casting the stones, some would say smothering him with the stones. and, And you hear... We picture uh, something like a, we had to watch that Shirley Jackson film or read that story about the stoning in in high school. That's like a standard, used to be, maybe it's not anymore. But it was more like the stones we read, and I I understand it to be that it was more like they piled stones on them and just crushed the life out of them. Uh, However it was, he was stoned to death, and his response wasn't, see, they are stiff-necked people. Burn in hell. You're gonna get yours. You're gonna
1: there was none of that. response was don't hold this sin against them, Lord. About God and the powers that be. We've seen how the, the powers
0: railed against God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What's God's response?
1: What will it be on judgment day? We talked about this yesterday, and we don't understand it. It's, on the one
0: hand, we, we, we would say, honestly, we would say this is above our pay grade, except it's not quite above our pay grade because God has chosen to tell us some of it. It's hard to grasp uh, this hardening of hearts and how Pharaoh hardened his heart, but God hardened Pharaoh's heart and God giving them over. And in some cases, there's a case where it's too late. He said, those stars you've worshipped that have been recreated, uh, now, now those stars that are mine, Judgment Day, there's a new heaven, there's a new earth, and you ought to see the stars now in this unsullied creation. And you worship them, but you won't get to worship them where you're going. And if you've worshipped human stars, you might even say they're already down there in hell. Go worship them if you can find them through the outer darkness and the weeping and gnashing of your own teeth. Whatever you're worshiping is
1: gone. It's recreated. It's new. And Jesus saying, as we talk about worshiping and
0: about, about these folks that killed every prophet and hardened their hearts, Jesus said, If you confess me before men, I will confess you before your Father who's in heaven. But the opposite's true. You don't confess me before men.
1: You want me to give a good word for you? Ain't going to happen. Think of the foolish young ladies in Jesus'
0: story in Matthew who had not prepared beforehand and they were out buying oil for their lamps and the bridegroom came and the door was shut. They're banging on the door. Hey, come on, come on.
1: Too late, parties started and you're not in. You're out. Be prepared. Boy, that's a hard one. We don't celebrate that. We weep for that. Man, think of the meanest person
0: to you. You don't want that for them. I said, we're splitting the, splitting the church right from this side and this side, right down the middle. I've got a number behind my back between 1 and 10. <laughs> Somebody pick. And the person who picks gets to go to heaven. That whole side gets to go to heaven for one minute. The other side has to go to hell for one minute, just one minute, and come back. And I would say both of us would be radically changed forever from what we'd seen. I'd like to be the one to go to heaven and and
1: have to come back. A minute in hell would seem like an eternity. It would change us. And God's
0: relationship with the people is is not a secret in, in Scripture. And Stephen is getting ready to call them. Listen to the prophet who you killed. And he's holding out hope and there is a hope. That's why I went ahead and read the part about Saul, who was there. Saul, breathing fire. Saul, he was just, for whatever it is, he got a taste of blood, and he wanted more. He was there approving of what they did, and then he went nuts. And you're going to see this. And what happened to him? Oh, God sent him to the darkest part of hell, right? No, God saved him. And there is salvation, and there is hope even for those who do terrible things. And that's why Paul would call himself the chief of sinner who was saved. Father, do not hold this sin against them. It parallels with what Jesus said when they were crucifying him. Luke 23, 34. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And that jumble of relationships that was going on in those days is the jumble of relationships that's here. And you, if you're Christians, are God's prophets. You'll be my witnesses in
1: Jerusalem, Judea, and the ends of the earth. Put yourself, if you're a Christian, in Stephen's position. Understand, if you're not, if you're in the position
0: of the religious people who maybe even know a lot about theology, but who are worshiping that or the stars or anything other than God.
1: Come to God and worship him truly. Don't be satisfied with religion. God is bigger. God is the one who saves. For Christians, let's say this, be prepared for whatever may happen. We don't know. We don't know. Things move fast, but they move fast in both directions. We don't know. Your job
0: description does not change based on who happens to be the king. Your job
1: description as a Christian is the same. Speak the truth. Speak in love. Your weapons are different.
0: The weapons of all warfare are spiritual. Pray for people. Pray for people like you never have before. If you say I don't even know how to do
1: that, then say, God, give me a a passion for this. family member was... Talking, she'd had some kind of a religious experience,
0: and to me it seemed like kind of a weird religious experience. Paul and I were sitting there talking, started laughing and giggling, talking about it, and it was kind of like, what's going on? So I said, Well, tell me one you say God spoke to you, you say you had, tell me one way that your
1: life has changed because of this thing. And I was expecting name-it-and-claim-it type
0: answers or something like that, and I was getting ready to refute those with Scripture.
1: And this family member said, I never knew what it was like to stay up all night and just pray for people and God to save them. I said, well, I can't explain that, that decision, but that sounds biblical to me. And finally, save this. This is like the best part for last.
0: And, and this is because Jesus took your sins upon himself,
1: died on the cross as your substitute, and didn't leave you abandoned. He didn't say, here's the baby, leave it on the doorstep, let it fend for itself.
0: In the hour of crisis, in your greatest need, we can look not just at this incident, but through God's promises, God will be there to sustain you. Verses 54 through 56. Now, when they heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, probably thinking, "I'm going to die. I'm probably going to die. Odds are, I'm not going to get out of this thing alive. Hope, uh, hope my wife's fine." who's going to take care of my kids, whatever he's thinking. He, in that moment of crisis, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And God knew exactly what Stephen needed at that moment. And God was there for him and showed him and gave that to him. God knew what he needed as the murderous, rioting mob descended on him. And God supplied the need. And I wrapped it up in my writing as I'll wrap it up now. Don't think that God loves you any less than he loves
1: Stephen. And don't think he will leave you alone and desolate in the hour of your greatest need. He gave us Jesus. Will he not really give
0: us all things? There is nothing to be afraid of when you know that God is God and God
1: loves you and God cares about you as his daughter and his son. So we can, we can, we can keep walking on the sunny side of the street.
0: maybe Maybe the shadows are there old Japanese proverb that says the end of the day is near when small men make long shadows. That's true. So maybe maybe the end of the day, maybe there's not a whole lot of sun there. But there's the, there's the sun, and God has never, ever left his people desolate and without hope. And every time they called on him, he
1: listened and he delivered. Keep calling on the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this word that Stephen preached, thank you for
0: its faithfully being recorded for us in the book of Acts. Thank you for what you've shown us about yourself as you preserve preserved this for us in your word. Thank you for Jesus who died for our sins. Thank you that God, you, our wonderful Trinitarian God, our three-in-one God, is bigger than anything that anybody's ever made. And, and and cannot be overcome by any threat that anyone gives. And we thank you that we are safe, that you are our rock, our fortress, our shelter in the time of storm, that you are everything that you've promised to be. And we thank you that we can even see that in history and in our own lives. And help us, Lord, when we're afraid to cast our fears on you, knowing you love us and care about us.
1: In Jesus' name, amen.